Thank you, Chad, for exercising such strong self-discipline there. And, uh, and also, too, for a really perfect lead-in to what I'm going to talk about this morning. God is really good and just coordinated it so well. So i um, also like to thank Ethan Painter for putting together the video. Um, it's amazing how much work has to go into producing a 1 minute and 11 second video, and I really appreciate all that he did for that. So. Um, this morning, I'm just going to start out with a few basics about Beacon because um, I know there's some of you out here that maybe are newer to First Baptist or maybe have never heard a Beacon presentation before. So I'm just going to start out um, and uh, let you know that, as Chad's mentioned, um, Beacon of Hope is, first of all, an outreach uh, of this church to our community, and it meets both spiritual and material needs. And secondly, it's also available to those within our church who might need a little bit of help. In your bulletin, right in the middle there is the Beacon Mission Statement. So um, later on, if you have a chance, you can take a look at that. And you'll see that some of the wording in there, um, as Chad mentioned, is taken um, from the concepts of um, One Helping Hurts. So first of all, we're going to look at what does Beacon offer. And our participants come in um, for appointments. They meet with advisors on Tuesday evenings. They also participate in Bible studies that are held on Mondays and Wednesdays. And those that um, are enrolled and participate, they um, earn credits, and they spend them in what we call our Learn and Earn store. And in there, we have household items and different things that they can earn um, by doing different activities, and then they spend those credits in the store. And I have heard over and over from people how appreciative they are of the fact that they are earning what they are receiving. Um, most people really want to be able to earn, they just don't want to get a handout, and so um, they really appreciate the fact that they're earning what they're receiving there. Um, we have a food pantry that's also available to our participants and available on an emergency basis two times a year to anyone in the community. And then we also have um, items that have been donated to Beacon that folks can get, like clothing, household items, linens, and those kinds of things. Beacon also um, hosts several other organizations um, at the building there. Um, two times a month from January through October, we host the Salvation Army Produce Distribution. And then once a month, we also host the Salvation Army. They come in and help people who need utility assistance. Two times a year, we host a car seat check through the Capital Area Safe Kids. Um, we just did our October check a couple weeks ago, one of our best attended ones yet. Um, they checked 14 car seats and gave out eight car seats that day. And then we also host um, our own Sarah Bauk from First Baptist, who is a lawyer with legal services. She comes into Beacon once a month on a Tuesday. Um, so folks that need legal assistance can meet with her and then also um, do their regular Beacon appointments as well. So um, how many people does Beacon serve? Um, weekly, on average, we serve about 50 to 60 households. That would include those coming in on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, enrollments, maybe coming in for emergency food. Um, and then we have to report some statistics to the Greater Lansing Food Bank where we get our food supplies from. So um, just give you an idea there, if you add up all of the people in each of those households that comes, 
you can see our um, numbers for the first three quarters of this year. So um, we are definitely helping a lot of people in our community. So I'm gonna actually build off real nicely on what Chad has um, already talked about and also talk about and maybe flesh out a little bit more how we relate to others who come to Beacon. And we definitely do want to remember who we are, but we also try to take people where they are. We have to remember that we were once sinners separated from God and that we are saved by his grace. I had an experience a few months ago that really gave me a better perspective on my own sinful condition prior to being saved. Um, as I mentioned, people can come into Beacon two times a year on an emergency basis for food. And there's a gentleman that comes in, he knows he can come in two times a year, so two times a year he comes in. And um, the second time he came in for this year, to say it rather mildly and politely, he didn't smell very good. In fact, he smelled really bad. And so I, you know, tried to ignore it as best I could. We got him his food. I chatted a little bit with him. Um, tried to learn a little bit more about him, and as I always do, I tried to encourage him to come and enroll at Beacon as a participant because he clearly needs the help. But after he left, guess what verse popped into my head? The very verse that Chad just had up there, Isaiah 64, 6, that we're all unclean and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. And then the thought hit me, this is how I smelled to God before I got saved. Just like the odor of this man was offensive to my nose, my sins were offensive to God. And it was a great reminder to me that, but for the power of the gospel, I would still be in that condition. And having such a visceral experience like that, it just knocked me right off my self-righteous pedestal that it's so easy for me to put myself up on and just really made me realize that but for the grace of God, that could meet me as well. So another thing that we need to remember too is how temporary our life circumstances can be. Um, Chad had shared with me a few weeks ago that um, his wife Julie um, majored in special ed in college and she had a professor that told a class that they were all tabs, temporarily able-bodied. And thinking about some of the people that come to Beacon, I um, changed that up a little bit and realized that we are also all taps temporarily above poverty. And there's uh, one story of one of our participants that illustrates that really well. Um, back in March when the volunteers were cleaning up after a produce distribution, a man showed up at the back door and I thought he was just late for coming to the distribution, but he said, no, no, people, somebody told me to come to Beacon for help. So we sat down and he started to tell me his story. He'd worked for 26 years, had a very good job, made a very good income, but back in December he had had a serious health issue, so he hadn't worked since then. And due to some complicating factors, he wasn't able to apply for short-term disability or unemployment benefits. And in addition to that, his COBRA insurance was about to run out. So when I asked him if he had applied for food stamps, he said, I don't know where to do that. And I thought, of course you don't know. You've never needed help before. Why would you know where to go to get food stamps? So in just three months' time, this man had gone from a solid, middle-class lifestyle to needing Medicaid insurance and food stamps. 
it's a, again a sobering reminder to me um, that I could be one illness, one traumatic experience, one natural disaster away from poverty. But then there's more to this man's story. I gave him the information of where he needed to go to apply for help, but mostly I just listened as he talked. He told me that a neighbor of his had been asking him to go to church with him and he was planning on doing that. So he made some appointments to come back to Beacon, got some food and left. The next week when he came in for his appointment, he shared with Aaron Davis, who he met with that evening, that he had accepted Christ at church that Sunday. He's been coming to Beacon regularly since and being discipled by our men advisors and growing in his faith. A couple of weeks after he started coming to Beacon, he shared with another volunteer that after his first appointment, he cried all the way home because he felt this was the first time he'd come to a place where people actually cared about him. As we remember who we are, we also try to take people where they are. And as Chad put it so well a couple weeks ago, we try to communicate the message with the compassion of Christ. Most participants come to Beacon with heavy hurts, abuse, abandonment, serious health problems, and traumatic experiences, just to name a few. This means that we have to work hard to build trust and tear down walls that people have put up to protect themselves. It can take weeks or months before the walls come down, but when you've been hurt by others or face many difficult life circumstances, it can take a long time before you trust someone. But once that trust is built and the walls come down, participants are able to share their deepest hurts with the advisors, and then the advisors in turn can point them to the only one who can heal those hurts. Once that happens, you begin to see changes in people. The person who can finally look you in the eye or will finally give you a smile. The ones who begin to talk about how they're seeing the Lord work in their lives. And the ones who get reconnected to God, like the participant who shared with an advisor recently how she was so thankful for Beacon because it had pointed her back to God when her life had seemed so hopeless. The second thing that we do at Beacon is make the Bible accessible. This is one of the things that where we've seen God work in some amazing ways through the Beacon ministry. Um, we have Bible studies that um, we have written just for our Beacon participants. You'll see some examples of those out at the display table. Um, the first one that they start out with is um, what we call New Beginnings. This has eight lessons in it. And some of them are so hungry for God's word that I might do an enrollment on a Wednesday or Thursday. They'll come back the next Tuesday and have this whole thing done, all eight lessons done. And they'll say things like, I just couldn't stop working on it, or this is so addictive. And it's because maybe they've never read the Bible before. This is the first time they've read anything out of the Bible. Or it's the first time they've studied the Bible in a way that they can understand, which is why it's so enjoyable for them to work on it. And sometimes the Lord uses a study to bring someone to him. Last fall, we had one participant who was working on new beginnings and discussing it every week with the advisors. And then after the Christmas break, she came back and she shared that after completing the chapters on the Savior and salvation, she'd accepted Christ as her Savior. And also participants tell us that not only are they working on the studies and learning themselves, 
they'll go back to their homes and they'll say, oh, I, I take this back home and now I'm going through it with my husband or my child or my caregiver. They'll go, go over it with them. They'll talk about what they're learning. So the word is going out even through our participants using um, our Bible studies. Um, another way we make the Bible accessible is we have our Bible study groups. We have a ladies group that Kathy Annis is leading this fall that meets on Wednesday nights. And kind of a new thing for us this year, we have it's almost like a satellite Bible study that Gail Perez is doing over at the Sentry Apartments with the ladies there. And then they come in a couple times a month um, to Beacon of Hope. Another thing that we like to do is encourage people and offer incentives to them to stretch them. We call them challenges. And this year, um, we started out with a scripture memory challenge. And it was based on our theme for the year of the power of God. So after memorizing five verses, participants could earn a prize, either a gas card or a bus pass. And we had 10 participants who completed that challenge. And I don't know about you, but for me, as I get older, it's hard to memorize things. And especially for folks maybe that don't read well or have a learning disability, it's even harder. But we had people who really, really worked hard and accomplished a lot, and now they've hidden God's word in their heart. They have those verses there that they can call upon um, when they need them. In June, we started another challenge uh, with the Mailbox Club, and if you're not familiar with that, it's kind of a correspondence course. People work on lessons, they mail them in, and then uh, Sarah Thomas, who is so great about grading them and writing encouraging notes on them, mails them back. And so we had 27 participants sign up for that challenge, and we've had 16 complete at least one lesson, and 12 have already completed uh, a course and earned a prize for that. The nice thing about the Mailbox Club, also about making the Bible accessible to people, is that the lessons are written in an easy-to-read format. Or even for some of our participants who um, have more severe developmental issues, we let them work on children's lessons. So they're getting the Word of God in a way that's understandable to them. And third, we strive to help without hurting in meeting material needs. As I mentioned already, we have our Learn and Earn program. Um, this is our store. People come in, buy new items in there um, using the credits that they've earned. Um, another thing we offer to our participants that are expecting babies is we do a laundry basket ministry and they can earn um, a laundry basket filled with items for their babies. And we have them do that by working on Bible study lessons or doing uh, reports on some other books. And then um, new this year, um, something that we're excited about is um, my husband and I are leading on Wednesday night a faith and finances group. This is um, a curriculum that was developed by the same authors of When Helping Hurts. And so it's geared to low income people. Um, but just like Chad talked about the four broken relationships, um, those are, we talk about those at the beginning of class. We talk about how um, Jesus has come to reconcile all things to himself. Um, and it just helps people to get a handle on managing their money wisely and biblically. Because for many folks, they've never been taught just the basics of budgeting. 
Um, we have 11 participants attending this group. It's gonna go for 12 weeks. And last week we just did probably one of the hardest things is actually putting a budget together. They've been keeping track of expenses for four weeks and then last week they put their budgets together. But it's re been really encouraging to me to see people really want to try and do better with that. Um, and so with the idea that if they can manage their money better, prepare for emergencies, then they won't need places like Beacon of Hope or other um, agencies as much. Um, I, I've got a couple of um, copies of the participants guide out at the table and I've asked my husband to stand out there too afterwards if you're interested in learning more about that program. So it's really a privilege to serve in the Beacon Ministry and I just would like to wrap up um, briefly by giving you some ways that you can get involved in Beacon. Um, also in the bulletin there, there's um, some ideas for where you can volunteer. Um, and also out, out at the table, I've got a sheet you can take. Um, also out at the table, um, I've got these little cards that have items on it. You can help us keep the Learn and Earn store stocked. These are items that we go through in huge amounts. Um, so if you want to take one of those cards and buy the items on there and bring them in, um, that would be great. Um, I saw a neat idea on Facebook. Um, it, they had um, talking about doing a reverse advent calendar, or I thought you could do a reverse Thanksgiving countdown. That's where every day you put a food item in a box and then you donate it, hopefully to Beacon of Hope, um, when Thanksgiving or Christmas comes. So just some ideas, creative ideas like that that you can do with your family. Um, and also too, um, in terms of volunteers, um, we need, especially right now, we could use women as advisors. Um, if you're more of a behind the scenes kind of person, we have a group of ladies that comes in and does sorting on Tuesday mornings. And we um, also could use more volunteers to help in going to the food bank on Monday as well. Um, our next big event is going to be our Christmas celebration. Um, it's going to be Saturday, December 17th. We do a Christmas worship service for participants to attend, and then they can do some Christmas shopping after that. So um, I'll be having some information out, some sign-up sheets out about that um, coming up in the next few weeks. So um, it's sad to say, but I'm going to end on a little bittersweet note today. Um, as Pastor Tim mentioned a couple weeks ago, um, Bob and Sue Smith are going to be moving away, and they have been a tremendous blessing to the Beacon Ministry. But apparently they did not read the fine print in their contract, which clearly stated they were not supposed to move away. However, I think uh, this thing with grandchildren, I don't know, they just do things to people. I'm not a grandparent yet, but they just have this power over people I don't understand. So. Um, but just to recognize um, all the hard work that they've done for the Beacon Ministry, um, after, um, after we're done here, I'd like them to come back to the Beacon table and get this certificate of appreciation to them for their many years of faithful and tireless service to the Lord, ministering at First Baptist and Beacon of Hope. So, um, yes, thank you. But the sweet part is that 
God is good and God will provide. Now it's gonna take about 10 people to replace Bob and Sue, and I've got four already, so I only need six more of you to come up and talk to me about volunteering at Beacon so uh, we can replace them. But, so I'm gonna end it there. Thank you very much, and uh, come, if you have any questions or um, wanna see some of our materials, come back to the table afterwards. Thank you.